these concrete, familiar words that create pictures. In the process of getting and holding attention, which is the first purpose of every speaker, there is one aid, one technique that is of the highest importance. Yet, it is all but ignored. The average speaker does not seem to be aware of its existence. He has probably never consciously thought about it at all. I refer to the process of using words that create pictures. The speaker who is easy to listen to is the one who sets images floating before your eyes. This one who employs foggy, commonplace, colorless symbols sets the audience to nodding. Pictures, pictures, pictures. They are as free as the air you breathe. Sprinkle them through your talks, your conversation, and you will be more entertaining, more influential. Herbert Spencer, in his famous essay on the philosophy of style, pointed out long ago the superiority of terms that call forth bright pictures. We do not think in generals, but in particulars. We should avoid such a sentence as... In proportion as the manners, customs, and amusements of a nation are cruel and barbarous, the regulations of their penal code will be severe. And in place of it, we should write. In proportion as men delight in battles, bullfights, and combats of gladiators, will they punish by hanging, burning, and the rack. Picture-building phrases swarm through the pages of the Bible and through Shakespeare like bees around a cider mill. For example, a commonplace writer would have said that a certain thing would be superfluous, like trying to improve the perfect. How did Shakespeare express the same thought? With a picture phrase that is immortal. To gild refined gold. To paint the lily. To throw perfume on the violet. Did you ever pause to observe that the proverbs that are passed on from generation to generation are almost all visual sayings? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It never rains, but it pours. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And you will find the same picture element in almost all the similes that have lived for centuries and grown hoary with too much use. Sly as a fox, dead as a doornail, flat as a pancake, hard as a rock. Lincoln continually talked in visual terminology when he became annoyed with the long, complicated red tape reports that came to his desk. In the White House, he objected to them, not with colorless phraseology, but with a picture phrase that is almost impossible to forget. When I send a man to buy a horse, he said, I don't want to be told how many years the horse has in his tail. I wish only to know his points. Make your eye appeals definite and specific. Paint mental pictures that stand out as sharp and clear as stag's antlers silhouetted against the setting sun. For example, the word dog calls up a more or less definite picture of such an animal. Perhaps a cocker spaniel, a Scottish terrier a St. Bernard, or a Pomeranian. Notice how much more distinct an image springs into your mind when a speaker says bulldog. The term is less inclusive. Doesn't a brindle bulldog call up a still more explicit picture? Isn't not more vivid to say a black Shetland pony, 
events and talk of a horse give a much more definite and sharp picture than merely the word in the elements of style william strong jr states if those who have studied the art of writing are in accord on any one point it is on this the surest way to arouse and hold the attention of the reader is by being specific definite and concrete the greatest writers homer dante shakespeare are effective largely because they deal in particulars and report the details that matter. Their words call up pictures. This is as true of speaking as of writing. I once devoted a session years ago in my course in effective speaking to an experiment in being factual. We adopted a rule that in every sentence, the speaker must put either a fact or a proper noun, a figure or a date. The results were revolutionary. The class members made a game of catching one another on generalities. It wasn't long before they were talking, not the cloudy language that floats over the head of an audience, but the clear-cut, vigorous language of the man on the street. An abstract style, said the French philosopher Alain, is always bad. Your sentences should be full of stones, metals, chairs, tables, animals, men, and women. This is true of everyday conversation as well. In fact, all that has been said in this period about the use of detail in talks before groups applies to a general conversation. It is a detail that makes conversation sparkle. Anyone who is intent upon making himself a more effective conversationalist may profit by following the advice contained in this period. Salesmen, too, will discover the magic of detail when applied to their sales presentations. Those in executive positions, housewives, and teachers will find that giving instructions and dispensing information will be gravely improved by the use of concrete, factual detail. Thank you.